Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 120. I'm Ryan Thogmartin. That is Jeff, the Funeral Commander Harbison. We are both now back in our respective offices, which doesn't happen much. Uh, and this is episode 120. Like, it's amazing. 120 episodes. It's over two years of content now. Yeah, I was looking the other day when we were uh, talking to a new potential sponsor of the airtime that we placed out. Uh, it's incredible. Even more so is the voices. I mean, you go to, to uh, conventions and yep. lots of places. Folks are coming up. Hey, I love your show. Love the information. Love the content. Um, we're, we'll be introducing some, we talked about last week, the podcast idea. Sure. But what I like this about the Funeral Nation is we get to bring superlatives, which are, lack of a better word, people that know what they're talking about, that funeral directors typically don't get to hear from uh, because not everybody gets to go to Miami or um, has the pleasure of going to Utah, right? And so we get to bring people, you know, presidents of companies, uh, people that, you know, aren't necessarily liked in the funeral industry for them to hear and at least have a voice, which right. ordinarily wouldn't have the opportunity or they'd have to pay a lot. So yeah, Funeral Nation, uh, I think that we are winning the war and we're not fake news. This is the real deal, right? That's right. Yeah. So this is powered by Jamie at CNJ Financial and his team. Those guys are awesome. Um, they just picked up an, a new company, I think, out of Virginia, uh, Beta Capital. So they aren't doing anything but getting stronger. Again, folks, I work with clients that uh, help them with their accounts receivables. If you're not using CNJ to collect your insurance policies and get paid, you're wrong. What payment method do you prefer families use for your goods and services? Most funeral homes and cemeteries prefer cash check or credit card over life insurance as the preferred method of payment. However, families who use life insurance are able to purchase the funeral service of their choice and spend 31% more on your goods and services. By encouraging more families to pay with insurance, you can create a better experience for the family and become more profitable without increasing your call volume. The reason most firms prefer cash check or credit card over life insurance is that insurance companies are a hassle to deal with and payment can often take weeks or months to receive. With CNJ Financial, you can receive funding within 24 hours of verification of benefit, thereby eliminating the hassle, headache and cash flow delay in processing insurance death claims. Let us show you why hundreds of funeral homes all across America choose CNJ for their assignment funding needs and why many associations, accounting firms and industry leaders recommend C&J to their clients and members. All right, Ryan. So uh, it's been an interesting week out here. Yes. Uh, SCI, the giant. Man, they are doing nothing but getting stronger. And uh, their, uh, what was it, second quarter results were yeah. out this week. And incredible that they're, they're just increasing and getting stronger. And what I find fascinating in the industry is I read a lot online between folks and comments. Hey, they're good for our business. They're actually doing it right, making a profit. And, you know, in some respects, you know, the bad blood, we don't like them. They're not good. Hey, you, you better thank God they're there. 
right? Because seriously, they're, they've got the model that's working. Take a look at their pre-needs long-term. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not doing it, you're not modeling yourself after them, you're wrong as well. What are your thoughts? I, I agree with you. I mean, the stock keeps going up, profits keep going up in a declining market with cremation. Uh, they're figuring out how to make money and, and still continue to grow. Uh, I think it's interesting that um, in in their results, they talked about a number of potential deals that are in the pipeline uh, for major acquisitions. Uh, so it doesn't look like they're slowing down on properties that they're going to be buying. And you know more than anybody, Jeff. It's absolutely a buyer's market out there with the you know the the baby boomer age generation of owners that are retiring and getting out of the business without a plan. Uh, so the opportunity for SEI to continue to grow and get stronger, you know, I think we'll see them uh, divest some of the, the low-hanging fruit that just isn't really profitable as they bring on bigger acquisitions, which can make things interesting, like who buys that up? Does it, do we create another conglomerate that out of the, the divested properties? So, you know, it, it's interesting, but um, I do think that it's good for uh, the, the funeral profession um, a little bit different, you know, you're more of the profit angle. I'm more of it's keep, it has to keep everybody on their toes. Like, you know, if, if you don't have a succession plan, then you absolutely have to make your business as profitable as possible if you want to get bought out. If you do have a succession plan, you got to keep the business profitable as all get out so that there's future generations that can run it. Um, and I think it keeps funeral homeowners on their toes that are competing in a market where, SCI is very prevalent. They've got to up their game and do things just a little bit better to be able to get business. That's true. If you look at their acquisitions, um, they're not buying crappy funeral homes. They're buying the creme de la creme. And so are the other competitors that are on the national and regional market. That's right. Uh, recently, I put an ad out with a bucket and said, if you're a funeral director or a funeral home owner and your desire on your bucket list is to die in your funeral home, we can't help you. And so what you just said is absolutely correct. It may not be SCI, it may not be um, another large player, but you have to be profitable and you have to put it in position, even if you're going to have it uh, succeed down to key people or your family, because you've got to get money out of it. And by the way, our friends at the bank will tell you, right, at Live Oak Bank, That's right. if it doesn't cash flow, you're not getting a loan or the people who want to buy it aren't getting a loan. So it's a big, big picture uh, item, but the myopic view um, just isn't going to last long. So Ryan, you had a great uh, video this week I found of interest, had a little bit of uh, content um, feedback. Yeah. Uh, some of it, hey, by the way, Mr. Dingleberry, I saw the shirt, you're knocking it out. We'll talk about that a little later on. But uh, it, the, what you provided was that you see some suppliers creating product for funeral directors, product. That's not right. services, not to make their lives better. Right. And they really should be doing it geared toward consumers. Will you expound on that, please? Yeah. I mean, the consumer is the end user of the product, yet the, the companies making the product never talk to the consumer. So there's a, the funeral director is kind of that bridge, but the funeral director is self-serving because if they are opinionated about the product that you're selling and they don't perceive it as valuable or something that I know my families and they wouldn't want that, then it's not going to get put onto a shelf. And that's slowing down the innovation. It's holding us back. We need to kind of jump ship, look past the funeral director. 
Look, if the products that you are putting out are exactly what the consumer wants, a smart funeral director is not going to disregard them. So there's fear that, well, if we don't build the product for the funeral director, then they're not going to sell it. Quite honestly, you don't need the funeral director to be able to sell a casket, a vault, an urn. Those products, you don't need the funeral director because you can market directly to the consumer and drive them to the funeral home. And I'm yet to meet a funeral director that when a family comes in and says, I want this, well, we don't offer that, you're going to have to go somewhere else. That's not going to happen. You know, we, we see it every day with pharmaceutical companies are the absolute best at it. They market to guys like you and me through every medium possible, yet we can't call Pfizer and get that little blue pill. We have to go to the doctor to be able to get it. Why is the funeral profession any different? We're developing product to satisfy the needs of the funeral director and what they want, but they're not the ones actually buying the product. It's the end consumer. And if the end consumer wants it, then the funeral director will sell it. But this is part of the shift away from what is known as traditional. That's right. right? You're exactly right. Um, outside of embalming fluid and pre-need, everything else can be purchased by a consumer direct all the way around the funeral home. And so your message, which I don't want to muddle the content because I'm telling you what folks are hearing right now. Oh, they're saying that you should bypass the funeral director and go direct. That effing crowd, I don't like. That's not it. That's right. What they're That's saying is that suppliers should create product that is better consumer accepted and funeral directors should follow their lead because funeral directors aren't doing market research. That's right. <laughs> right? If, right? If so, then we'll open up the phone book. By the way, I think that's going to be something new that let's, let's have a segment on yellow page ads. We right? Could, we find yellow page ads. Yeah, okay. This yeah, guy spent $10,000 on yellow yeah, page Yeah, when we travel, we go to the, if there's a, a phone book in the room, we open it up and, and just call out who's in the yellow pages. Yeah, right? if they even put those in hotel rooms anymore. I don't even know if they do. I, I, I have no idea. But uh, anyway, so... Uh, there's going to be more commentary like this coming along with our podcast, right. which will probably be launched uh, October-ish, right? Yeah, that's a good time yeah. frame. Maybe a little sooner. All righty. So uh, who brought us this fine commentary? Oh, the wonderful people at Sitch Casket. Uh, make sure you stop and see them at NFDA. Their booth is always interesting and entertaining, and, and they're absolutely disrupting the casket market. Let's run that, uh, let's run that preview. Funeral Nation is sponsored by Sitch Casket. Sitch has changed everything for funeral homes facing declining profits from cremation, with casket quality equal to the top domestic brands, but half the cost or better. Sitch, only your accountant can tell the difference. All right, so we have uh, Welton Hong from Ring Ring Marketing. Uh, we have engaged him here at the Foresight Companies. I think he's brilliant, uh, understanding how the backside of the uh, websites work and to help promote the business from a different angle than any of us are dealing with. So let's go ahead and run that interview. Welton, welcome to the Funeral Nation show. Thank you so much, Jeff and Ryan. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. So um, how about introduce yourself? Yes. Um, as you can tell, I'm a geeky engineer from the Silicon Valley. <laughs> Your typical stereotype geek engineer from the Silicon Valley. And um, I used to work at uh, Intel, Sun Microsystems, and Oracle, managing teams of PhDs. 
and loved the R&D environment. It was um, fun. You get to work with the top-notch <laughs> engineers uh, from MIT, Berkeley. It's just very, very humble experience to be there. And never, ever thought about digital marketing. Totally different, right? So, but I bought my house in 2010 in San Jose. And uh, the contractor I hired was telling me that his business used to be doing very, very well in the 90s and well into the mid-2000s, simply just by advertising in the print yellow pages. That's it. <laughs> but post-2005 uh, and obviously the recession, it really hit his business pretty hard. And um, he tried a few agencies. Typically, they over-promise, under-deliver. Mm. He totally lost faith in online marketing. It just, I'm like, hmm, I feel for him. So I'm like, how about that um, barter here? <laughs> he helped me remodel my house and let me hit the books and learn digital marketing. And um, within about four months or so, I was able to show him measurable progress. Wow. But that feeling is very interesting. It's that feeling like passion of helping out somebody one-on-one -on -one and really see them grow is something I never experienced in, a, in working in high tech. So I decided to figure out whether I can take this to the next level. Flip through the yellow pages. Back then, still a thick, still thick. Even Silicon Valley still, still very thick. There homes in there too. They make up about that much of it. Exactly. Right? So um, study quite a bit of direct response marketing. The old uh, learned after Gary Halper, some of those direct response marketer, start sending out direct mails to those who are still heavily advertised in the print yellow pages. Right? That means they must have the budget um, to spend on advertising, and most likely they're not working as well as before, and I want to help them go online. Awesome. So naturally, start picking up clients, as you noted, mainly in the home improvement sector. Your cool. roofers, plumbers, electricians. But got to a point where it didn't feel right again that they're competing amongst themselves for leads um, because they're more or less all my clients. So um, I decided to pick a niche and go nationwide so that way there's no conflict interest at all. Um, the window indoor industry is the first one that went nationwide and very lucky. Um, I got very lucky. Got picked up by the manufacturers since I was doing good work for the dealers. And these are uh, pretty big public traded uh, window and door companies. And then they started sending their dealers directly to us. And um, what happens when doors and windows start opening, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but that was fun experience. Um, same thing here, educate the industry. I love to educate, like Ryan and you, we love to educate the industry, right? It's, and it's all about educating them. So I write for the window door publications, speak at major industry events. And um, four years ago, decided to take on a second niche, which is window covering. So you can see as we choose niches, so we get to know them very, very well. Rather than doing shotgun approach, we just want to get to learn the industry very well. But you might wonder why we got into the funeral industry. Um, never ever thought about getting into the funeral profession. But a, a window and door uh, client, uh, his family also owns a funeral home out in the Midwest. And um, typically we don't wander off into other niches. We just want to be the best at what we do.
but I felt compelled <laughs> to help them out. So um, just for fun, consult with them and help them out, just purely for fun. And I was able to show them results right away. Uh, then that's when we got a little bit more serious, is when I look at this about two years ago, this industry, um, our tactics, you probably know actually work even more so for the death care industry because we're more dominant on search. Um, so search is targeting, unfortunately, those with immediate needs, at needs. So um, you guys probably know we're more about uh, driving at need calls, using search, help them with their websites, make sure the traffic is converting. I'm sure Ryan, you'll probably know these days, reviews. Yep. Wow, reviews count a lot. Even if we're able to send them uh, qualified leads, Consumer behavior has changed. It's so easy for somebody to Google you these days. If you have negative reviews, quite a bit of them, unfortunately, so easy, they will shift to somebody else right away. Mm -hmm. right? Just So I'm very big on educating the funeral profession these days about that you gotta be focused on reviews. Right. Very cool, very cool. Do you think that there are, do you think that, that search uh, marketing is for every funeral home or Good question. Is it more prevalent where you know there's more competition in a, a bigger metropolitan area? Great question, Ryan. So I will say typically it works a little bit better in a little bit bigger, densely populated area. So more people obviously are going online to look for funeral homes. Mm -hmm. And just to share with you a little bit more is we've been testing out obviously a lot uh, with different types of funeral homes across the nation. And the direct cremation services are getting much tougher these days. As you guys know, is there's more and more direct cremation services that's popping up. They don't have that longevity of history, so they all do pay-per-click ads. So now if we compare direct cremation services, they're always bidding on direct cremation, cremation services, those type of keywords. The keywords are actually a lot more expensive mm -hmm. compared to the traditional funeral home-based keywords. And of course, the revenue per call on a direct cremation service is less. So just overall, the, the return investment is less for direct cremation services versus a, a um, traditional drone <laughs> home, right? So yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's not fit for everybody. So we typically do an analysis, look at a competition, look at hey, economics-wise. Does it make sense? If not, maybe they should do something slightly different. Maybe focus right. on local search or or SEO. Yeah, interesting that uh, you say that the industry is still wrought with uh, websites produced by um, casket companies and others. Uh, I constantly um, and working with folks and look at their website. Of course, my favorite website still exist are the ones that play the piano and organ music while you're reading, you know, and have <laughs> lots of content. But, uh, you were just mentioning um, early on with cremation and folks, they, the cremation folks who came online actually did a better job and were better prepared and are winning on the online side. Exactly. And I think what's interesting that we should, we should talk about here is that what you do, what Ryan does, um, is a piece of the marketing. You know, you just can't go out and, you know, make sure your SEO is the top one that pops up there. Uh, Ryan can have great engagement on social media and Facebook. You still have to get your tail out and hustle. 
you know, I you totally agree. have to have the local programs. You have to be out into the community. Um, it, it, I'm fascinated because um, there are funeral homes that see that that local or that uh, if I'll call it guerrilla hand-to-hand marketing, that's all they see. And then you have another sector that says, oh, it's all technology. In reality, you have to do all of it. Do you agree? I totally agree. And Ryan, I suppose. It's omni-channel. you got to be doing all of it. So I always say these days, even these days, is offline, it really is still the foundation. And the mistake here is to drop everything. Most agencies, online agency, they say, hey, shift all of your budget to online. And that always is a mistake. Offline is your foundation. Online is the next channel for you to get leads, right? And there's many, even online, offline, there's multiple channels. So omni-channel-wise, you got to be doing all of them. And very interesting here is offline and online, they really do play very well together. Because if they saw, let's say, um, um, a billboard, for example, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to Google you or they're going to go on your website. If your website lousy, unfortunately, you will not get that uh, call. Right. Same thing, if you have negative reviews, they Google you, too bad. So I think they do play very well these days, both of them, the two. I would absolutely agree, especially, I mean, it's, it, this is a relationship-driven uh, industry. So Definitely. being able to leverage offline relationships for online gain through mm-hmm. positive reviews, positive testimonials, engagement on a page, engagement around an ad, being able to leverage those prior relationships influences friends and family of those connections that you have. So Agreed. it's 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 a great way. You, you have to really be doing things, like you said, offline very well. The community events and, oh, yeah. and being out in the community shaking hands because those offline relationships can leverage online success. Definitely. Right. Either that or just continue to rely on uh, the yellow book. And- Good. So, Welton, uh, you're the... Uh, the, the man with ring ring uh, marketing, I, our company here, the foresight companies, uh, we've engaged you. You, you are a genius. And nope. we can tell because you got a headset on, right? I mean, I'm sure you're also directing traffic in there to the LA airport or something locally and some ships and that sort of thing. But we appreciate you uh, in a few minutes. So now um, we're going to get to. Uh, the end of our interview and ask you a couple questions. Are you ready? These are going to be totally off the hip. Are you ready? Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Champagne, France. France. See, you're a cultured guy. <laughs> I'm, I uh, just took a little vacation. I went to West Virginia, so I'm into agriculture, right? A little bit of difference between the two. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so how about your favorite restaurant? Um. I don't want to sound like a spoiled rat, but um, I love fine dining here and there, of course, once a year. Uh, Joe Robuchon, um, three-star Michelin, very, very solid here in Vegas. Next time you're here, let me know. Yeah, well, we will. Are they part of the Kentucky Fried Chicken Taco Bell group? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, well, it must be pretty uppity if I haven't heard of it. Um, KFC sounds very good and delicious. And t- yeah, favorite sport? <laughs> Sports. I used to love playing basketball when I was young, but 
I'm getting older. I cannot get bruised <laughs> as easily anymore. Yeah, you just ain't reaching the hoop like you used to. <laughs> right. uh, these days, purely just, yeah, treadmill, bicycle. Yeah. Uh, so, Apple, Microsoft. Unfortunately, besides PC, everything is already on Apple devices. But unfortunately, a lot of my softwares for search, organic, those are unfortunately still on PC. So I'm still on PC. Sad to say yeah. That. <laughs> you know what? Um, our, our folks, our profession out here is just getting used to organic corn. So, you know, we, we can't do but so much uh, little bits at a time. Welton, I consider you the expert in our industry. And uh, it's, it's really awesome because I've seen you speak and you're just about at every conference out here. Uh, two of you guys are just down in Cana. Um, neither one of you have a tan. Did it rain? Every afternoon almost. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Come out here. Come on. Anyway, Welton, thank you. Um, folks need to look up Ring Ring Marketing uh, because you are the man to help with uh, SEO search and to clean up their site to be better recognized. Thank you for what you're doing for our profession. Thank you. I'm very humbled here. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, welcome. See you. Take care. Uh, great interview with Welton. You know, there's just some guys you talk to, you know, they're absolutely genius. And uh, he's got that that look about him. I love the the whiteboard with all the scribbles in the background. Uh, good stuff. So thanks, Welton, for being on. And Jeff, this interview segment was brought to us by our good friends at Live Oak Bank, uh, who you mentioned previously in, in the episode as well. Uh, great people. You and I are getting to do some work with them on a number of different fronts. So uh, super exciting what they've got going on. Let's roll that promo. Introducing a new way for cemetery owners to grow their business. The Inventory Growth Loan, powered by Live Oak Bank. Want a better way to expand your inventory than the traditional pre-sale plans? Build and grow your businesses now. The Inventory Growth Loan leverages the value of newly constructed mausoleums and columbaria to get your expansion project moving sooner. Whether you're an existing cemetery needing to increase your number of crypts or a funeral home looking to add a memorial garden or columbarium, this product is your potential game changer. The Inventory Growth Loan recognizes the cyclical nature of cemetery sales. So when sales are low, enjoy less strain on your cash flow. When sales are strong, pay down more of your principal. A more aggressive principal pay down shortens the life of your loan and fuels further expansion. Plus, our online management system allows you to easily manage your new inventory, monitor sales, review payments, and check your loan balance all in one place. The system also automates disbursements after each sale, then updates your loan balance, which helps you stay connected to your business's performance. The Inventory Growth Loan is faster and more flexible than traditional loans, which allows you to pay less and retain more value. Ready to grow? Contact us and learn more about the Inventory Growth Loan, powered by Live Oak Bank. All right, well, that wraps up episode 120. Unbelievable. Yeah, huge, huge. So huge. big stuff coming up. Uh, we're both going to be at NFDA, and I think that you know, gearing up over the next couple months, we'll have some content on that, and hopefully we can find a, a new company that's going to be at NFDA for the first time with something different than just a uh, – you know, another urn. So uh, we'll see what we can find out there. But uh, all right, Commander, that wraps up the episode. Until next time, have a great yeah. effing week. <laughs>